you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL podcast has told you everything they know. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's happening? What is up? First Monday podcast in uh, some time, and it's good. it's good to be here. I like Monday podcasts. You know, just get right into the week. Get get in touch with the people, Mark. Actually, changed my day off to be here for this today. That's how important the it is to me. Yeah. Nice humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not be the whole reason, but I don't even think it was the reason. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It no had idea. some impact. Okay. Wasn't the whole. What's reason. really it's good going to have on. you here, though? Either way. Yeah. It's great to have the, the four because it's after this week we're going to start. There's going to be some vacations and we'll be we'll be running three across. Maybe we'll have some guests in here um, to sit in. I know there was some buzz. I continue to see buzz on Twitter. Like people love Colleen Wolf. We'll try to get Colleen in here at some point. You know, we'll see what we can do. But for this week, we got three shows. Uh, and um, you know, at the, by the way, don't forget Thursday. Win Wes's toaster is back. By far the worst drop that we've ever had. <laughs> this is technically a disaster. We got a mate. We'll make a new one. Oh, but I love the charm. Listen to it again. The charm of it. <laughs> it's like Terrible. toast. Win Wes's toes. Win Wes's toes. <laughs> that would be a weird game. Um, so we'll do that on Thursday. I think Sully's done a great job behind the scenes uh, looking for people while TD's. Where is he? Now? He's like like at the King of France's wedding now, isn't he, Mark? I don't know who knows where TD is at this. Yeah, point. it was a string of many weddings in like multiple nations, and I think you're right. It's it's France based at this point, and there's royalty involved. And Wes, you did some digging on Twitter that perhaps people have been illicitly feeding TD some of these uh, secret code words for the podcast, and TD might not be listening. I didn't have to do much digging because people tweeted us and told us they captured screen grabs of. <laughs> Uh, our friend Isaiah and a couple other people just 
absolutely feeding TD all this stuff to say. So who knows if TD's even listening to the podcast, actually. Your gut feeling, Greg. Go. Yeah, they probably gave him the information. Although in this case, at least he's taking that and using it smartly. I give our listeners some credit for passing along. Well, the really timestamp proves that he responded to the information our way immediately. So it did yeah. not come organically from listening to the show. And by the way, Sully's hoping TD stays in for every wedding in Europe. He's loving it behind the glass. You, you can tell the confidence is flowing out Thanks, of him. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. just excited to see who Stepping the new king of France is. It's been a while since <laughs> they, they had one. <laughs> That's why, I mean, it's a special wedding. Uh, Louis the 500th. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so TD will be back maybe a little later in the week. Four of us for three shows this week, so that's exciting. And we got a nice show today, and I, I sincerely mean that. A very nice show today. We're going to... Uh, uh, as we do, we're going to do a little news, what's happened since the last time we spoke with you, which was a few days ago now, so we'll catch up on what's going on in the NFL. And then, big day for a, a guy, you know, he, he moved the schedule around. We didn't find this out until he told us. Mark said he moved some pieces around, some chess pieces of his week. He's here, and there's a reason why. Because big our, Sessler day. This, the whole theme of this podcast is Sessler, Mark Anthony Sessler related. <laughs> The running back rankings. He ranks the NFL backfields from 1 to 32. It's a new post up on NFL.com slash around the the NFL. So make sure you check that out. I read it, really liked it. And we're going to go through his 32 to 1 countdown. Big Sessler show. One takeaway, middle name, not Anthony. Oh. (laughs) I thought thought you you were named after the Latino crooner. Uh, Edward, which is my dad's name. Ah. Yeah, it'd be insulting to my dad that he'd think I'm potentially spreading that information, that I'm changing my middle name. Have I met Ed Sessler? Your dad that? and my dad have the same name. I like that. No, I don't I think so, dude. I like that. I don't think so. Nice connection. That's why you guys get along so well. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sessler, a big show. We're going to go through his countdown. Um, and like I said, though, before we do any of that, we check behind the glass with Sully. And, uh, Sully, can we please, if you would, do some news? We start in Dallas, where the Dallas Cowboys, of course, you know, this Des Bryant deal has not been one that, that has gotten done. We thought it would be got, got done last summer. It never happened. Uh, and now the Dallas Cowboys receiver has told NFL media columnist Michael Silver uh, that he might miss regular season action because of this contract dispute. Uh, Des is under the franchise tag right now, but he's not happy about it. He said to Silver about the idea of a holdout that could extend into the season. This is not a rumor. It's legit. Start with you, Greg. This uh, On the surface, in early June, this broke on Friday. You know, just an obvious contract ploy, get the job done. Is there any way we actually see this happen where Des doesn't play a game? I believe that Des Bryant believes it's possible, if that makes any sense. But do I really think there's any legitimate chance that Des Bryant passes up nearly a million dollars per game for playing? No way. He's made $11.8 million in his entire five-year career. The franchise tag pays him this year $12.8 million. There's no way he's going to pass up these big paydays, but this is the only leverage he has. It's his week. <laughs> if you want to threaten them, say, I will sit out games, not I might sit out a but few he, games. Listen, he you know what I mean, though? Legit, that he, he, guys. But that he probably legitimate. does believe it because it's an emotional contract issue. On In June, he probably believes it, but I don't I don't believe him. We were downstairs watching one of the Cowboys Super Bowls from 
ages ago, and the last Cowboys player I can remember to do this where it actually happened was Emmett Smith. Yeah. Held out for the first two games of the year, if I remember. and uh, Came back and tore the league apart. They were 0-2, weren't they? Yeah. Yep. And Dez is that type of player, and he is that important to the Cowboys. And if he did actually follow through with it, yeah, that I guess that would give him leverage. But still, I don't know if this is – you know, I feel like they did a bad job here. I feel like they should have taken care of him already. I, I, I guess you have to wonder if they're still not sold on whether this is a guy they want to invest in big-time money with in the future. That's the only reason to me. I know that there's some salary cap issues, obviously, but this deal should have been done to me, and you're you're playing with fire, in my opinion, on multiple levels. I can't really feel sorry for a guy who's going to make $13 million. Right, and we're, right. it's all splitting hairs. It, it, I think your point is well taken, Dan. Maybe they're trying to structure it in a way that they're not guaranteeing so much up front that it's a little more year-to-year than some of the big contracts. But I don't fault the Cowboys here without really knowing the information. For all we know, Des Bryant is asking for more money than Calvin Johnson's ever made by far. That would not surprise me at all, that he's looking to be by far the number one wide receiver in terms of his contract. And when that happens, these things just take a while, and you kind of have to wait each other out for the the contract numbers to go down a little. But something is going on behind the scenes that we'll find out about later on because it wasn't at the last owner's meeting, but the one before Mm. where Jason Garrett was saying, absolutely, no question, Dez is a priority for us, and we're going to make this happen. I mean, a full year plus has passed at this point. He's He's been one of my favorite players for a few years now. Where do you guys put him? Uh, who's better than him at the wide receiver? Is Julio Jones better? Is A.J. Green better? Is Calvin Johnson better? I mean, Odell Beckham. These are some guys I guess you could put ahead of him. But I would, uh, I, you can make the argument that he's the best wide receiver. For what he is for Dallas, he's right up there. I mean, if you want to talk pure wide receiver, I mean, Julio Jones is just as important to the Falcons potentially. But you take Des Bryant off of the Cowboys, and they are in big trouble with what they have on offense. He's been the best red zone receiver in the NFL for three years in a row now. Mm. I don't, uh, Calvin Johnson, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's been the best receiver for a while. Odell Beckham can be better, but Des Bryant's right there, like you said, with Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown right there at the top. A.J. Green I would put in yeah. that mix too. You, you know, you see with Des Bryant a, a few more mental errors where he's not lined up in the right place. and so, You know, a little bit of that more than you do with Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson, for instance. But I think he makes up for it in terms of his just his aggression and how hard he plays in the red zone. I, he's going to get the contract. With all these contracts, He'll get it. this one feels a little different that there's some it's, – it's a complicated one to get done, but he's going to get the money. Uh, moving on, the Carolina Panthers, of course, made Cam Newton one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league uh, recently. Now they take care of business with linebacker Thomas Davis, who uh, signed a two-year extension – uh, where he'll collect $18 million over the next three years when you factor in the previous uh, deal. This according to Rap Sheet. Uh, Davis is 32, but still playing at a high level, a 4-3 linebacker. And, of course, Mark came back from three ACL surgeries, so you know this is a contract well-earned. Well, if we, if we say that the Cowboys or other teams haven't handled certain things well, I mean, I think the Panthers showed incredible patience with Thomas Davis dating back a long time. And they obviously is a high-class guy that means a lot to the organization off the field too, but he's incredibly valuable on it. But some teams would have jumped ship a long time ago on players with so many reasons to have to keep waiting for his production. I kind of think this is a classy move by the Panthers, and he'll finish his career there. What a year for him. He wins NFL's Man of the Year, got the key to the city of Charlotte, and now ah. he's uh, 
Now it gets. What does the key to the city actually do for you? I think it's strictly ceremonial. No. I think it opens any I used to shop. I was as a kid. I thought it literally let you get into any place oh, in yeah. the world, which was is the best idea ever for like a, an <laughs> honor. No, that is what it is. Like if Thomas Davis wants to go grab a frozen yogurt. You can just go to any of the yogurt land. Or Maybe you can let Charlotte. one in the morning. He like can a let used, Golden a, Tate into the donut store. <laughs> he's a, a big used book fan, uh, just in general. So you go to over to the used. And book those store. stores like have weird the, hours. Three so in the morning. Can, right. Just take whatever. It's kind of like winning uh, TD's uh, MVP of the pod. <laughs> when <laughs> it's I was the like in, well, that's a meaningless one. right. When I was like in eighth grade, uh, the guy at the local gym ha- <laughs> handed us the keys to the gym. So we could practice bas- basketball like on weekends or after hours. I thought that was much more important than getting. You can come to my gym anytime you want. Much better Make than sure getting a change key to in a the city. locker room. You can actually go in after hours and play basketball. That is pretty awesome. Did anything negative come about from it? No, we were good kids. I the, love when you boys point. come to my gym. Do you think you'll ever get the key right, to yeah, the city fine. in Cincinnati? No. 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 Wes, was there anything sinister about it, or am I you, reading too much into it? No, there was nothing. We, yeah. oh, we we were good kids then. I mean, it this wasn't, wasn't until later very, that we were ruined. Not a very special episode of Different Strokes. It was a more yeah, it was a more innocent time. It was the early seventies. <laughs> well, it was the early America was at the top of the charts. <laughs> Sister Golden Hair. Uh, moving on, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, two uh, mainstays of their offensive line in recent years. Uh, both in the news today. Sam Baker, their left tackle, who's missed most of the last two years with knee issues, was released. Um, Baker's out of a job, so he's on the street now. He was potentially going to compete for the left guard position, which opened up when the Falcons released Justin Blaylock in February. And Blaylock, uh, according to Rap Sheet, is planning to retire now. So Baker uh, is on the, uh, is a free agent, Justin Blaylock, calling it quits. And Blaylock uh, is only 31, Baker is 30. But I thought the, the Blaylock thing was interesting. Mark, you love your boy, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he... Uh, he is a capable guard, obviously, but he was pushed aside because Shanahan didn't see him as a fit in this offense. And I guess after looking around, he decided to hang it up at 31 years old. Well, I mean, I, the one, Atlanta's line has been a mess for a while, and now they're going through something of a scheme change too. So I that'll be interesting to see how that, that works this year. I think these the retirement and then releasing Sam Baker highlights that the Falcons – Who's been worse than them at drafting and developing offensive linemen over the past five years? Mm. They've spent five picks in the first four rounds on offensive linemen, and none of them has emerged as a above-average star. There is still hope for Jake Matthews, but guys like uh, Kahn's, Peter Kahn's the center, they drafted in the second round, Lamar Holmes at right tackle. Well, he they was just okay. don't pan out. He had an okay career, but I remember when Sam Baker got taken – it was in the early 20s of the first round. People were really surprised about that pick. They drafted him with Matt Ryan. And I was even more surprised that they doubled down and gave him a big contract two years ago. So I always talk about self-scouting. They did a, they really tried to believe in that Baker pick, even though it never really panned out. And then when they gave him the big money again, it double backfired on I'm, them and he's just been hurt. I'm not sure what the, the numbers are right now, but it, it's a sizable cap hit they take by getting rid of Baker. Uh, so, yeah, Greg is absolutely right. Reminds me of my boy, Mr. T, Mike Tannenbaum, when he did oh. with Mark Sanchez once upon a time. Oh, I thought you were going to say it reminds you of your boy, boy uh, David Baker. Massive uh, NFL personality, a massive man. Hall of Fame head. The head of the Hall of Fame is Sam Baker's father. Really? Also used to run, he was the commissioner of the UFL, I believe. Mm. 
bears a physical. How about that? This is why I see you on those top ten lists on the network all the time. You're just the fountain of information, Greg. He bears a physical resemblance to a late career Babe Ruth. He absolutely yes. does. <laughs> yeah. And you always see him at the Super Bowl. You see him in the lobby, and everyone's coming up and talking to him. It's like, uh, for a year, who is this guy, I thought? And finally we know. He is the father that of was, the former Falcons. I, I think the only reason I know is because you were emailing or texting me from one of the – like, who is this guy I see everywhere, this huge guy? And we kind of we figured – Well, it's like he looks like he could be the brother of Andre the Giant. <laughs> I was going to so say, like, tell former me, NFL player as well. Telling telling a guy that you look like uh, Babe Ruth in the dusk of his life is one of the big put downs you could throw at somebody. <laughs> oh. A very nice guy by all accounts. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could just see what people are lining up. You guys to are talk plugged in on this guy. I don't, I don't know anything about him. I've never been to he the Hall run, of Fame. He runs the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right, all right. I'm, back off. I'm sorry. All right. Wes said he's never going to the Hall of Fame if Eli gets in, so, you know. The football, like NFL. All those players, yeah, they're there in Canton, getting enshrined every Ohio. summer. Odell yeah. Beckham's gonna. Mark's going Ohio back home. this year. Yes. Really breaking yep. news. Wow, mm-hmm. breaking news. Every, Mark's on top right now. You got your running back. <laughs> uh, you got your running back rankings. Big show. You came in today, showed your commitment to the boss. Going back to Canton. What else? What could happen next? What's next? Playing plane crash on the way to Ohio. And you're oh. playing. I'm just oh. saying it's pot. What could happen next? Why maybe? ruin? Why ruin a nice? Who's having bit? a better week? You or Thomas Davis? Well, Thomas Davis <laughs> won't need. No one in that family will need to have a job again for the next <laughs> 200 years. So probably Thomas Davis. Years. Can Thomas ba- Davis play Mark's dentist bill? Like Thomas Davis is having a better week. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, moving on. Another retirement. Jason Campbell. Uh, who is one of Wes's favorites, a quarterback known for his worm burners, as Wes calls them, uh, the king of the checkdown. Uh, Jason Campbell has uh, decided he's planning to retire after 10 seasons. He, uh, a source close to Campbell told Rap Sheet uh, that the decision is not final, but with training camps on the horizon, uh, he's he's you know I guess he's he's down to retire if nobody calls his number. That's what it seemed like to me. But Campbell played 10 years, a former first-round pick by the Redskins. Of course, went to Oakland, had a cup of coffee with Mark in Cleveland, and then last year was Andy Dalton's uh, backup in Cincinnati. So it might be it for Jason Campbell. West, you'll never see him again. At one point, he, I believe he had seven offensive coordinators in the first seven years of his career. Um, so he never really had a fair shake. But he's also another reminder that just because a first-round quarterback shows a little bit of promise in the mm. second half of his rookie season, that doesn't mean he's going to continue to develop into a stud. You see this all the time. He had me pretty excited about him at one point in his career. It was really even into his third season. I'm looking at his stats now. He led the league, if this is you know a stat, in the fewest interceptions per throw. 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, threw for 3,200 yards. The team was 8-8. Eight and eight. At that point, you thought Jason Campbell, who's 25 years old at the time, at the very least, he's going to be a starter in the NFL for 10 years. He was a promising guy. And then I don't know what really did him wrong. Uh, he, Injuries. This he was never really accurate and didn't have a great touch on his passes. In 2012, I'll re- I remember this, they, the Bears signed him to, I think, a $3.5 million contract, a one-year deal, uh, which was like the most money of any backup quarterback. And they thought that they had a guy they could trust in case Cutler got hurt. And I think Cutler got hurt. And I remember Campbell – uh, it was, was a not good game. when he played the game. He played the Niners yeah. on Monday night and he got absolutely waxed. There was a Texans game too, I believe. Yeah, and one of the worst games I've ever seen, Wes, it made him crazy, was the game <laughs> he played for the Browns where he threw 47 straight. Well, I was convinced he had retired already at that point, but <laughs> the year before he signed that contract, 
I drove up to Oakland on the fly to watch Cleveland play Hugh Jackson's Raiders. Mm. And that was the Huge game mistake. early in the year where he got hurt. Campbell got hurt. He looked outstanding in the early part of that year. And that game especially, they ran over Cleveland and they looked dangerous. And that was what got Carson Palmer into Oakland because he was gone for the year. That helped him get that contract with the Bears. Had he not gotten hurt there, I think we would have thought of him differently after that and season. They might have gone to the playoffs. And don't forget about uh, – he. yeah, he was 7-5. and five, And didn't his injury lead to the panic trade by the Raiders to get Carson Palmer? Yes, yeah. did. We were reminded once again why it's not a good idea to allow coaches to make trades because they don't think of the future. They only think, i got to save my job right now. Well, it's no surprise that Hugh Jackson, who you know absolutely got fleeced by the Bengals, got a job with the Bengals soon after. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. Wait, what are you suggesting? I think I just did. I think it's safe to say that Jason Campbell is the most successful Raiders starting quarterback since Rich Gannon, and it's not even close. 11 wins and 7 losses. There's no one else That's that, that would have out. possibly been four games over 500 as a Raiders quarterback. Andrew Walter? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so good luck to you, Jason Campbell, unless someone calls him, and then we'll probably see him in August, but we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, finally, uh, just want to touch on this, Mark. You wrote about it on uh, Saturday, I believe. Yes. The, the Colts, uh, you remember at the Combine, at the Combine I, I noticed the same thing. There were banners hanging at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, it was like, you know, saying that they when they won their divisions, they got a banner. When they went to the AFC title game and. Uh, early the early aughts, they you know it would set AFC finalists, but they just hung another banner for 2014 AFC fa- finalist, and for whatever reason, this caught the eye of social media and it, and it took off. Basically, I'm saying I got I got screwed out of the, you know, glory on this for noticing it first. You did. Yeah. Wait, you how did? much glory accompanies this? What? In, Very in- little. <laughs> but uh, the point being that. These banners are hanging. It went nuts. It caught fire in the blogs. And the Colts <laughs> stood by their decision to hang these silly participation trophies. Wait, did you write about it back then? I tweeted about it, mm. which is I thought was enough. I didn't want it because I didn't want to you know, get anybody upset. I guess if you had a larger following, it probably could have gotten some wheels on well, that's well, social media. Well, that's a tricky spot for you. NFL writer blasts exactly. NFL team. <laughs> anyway, well, he, he did it anyways. Colts yeah. COO, COO, Pete Ward. Uh, says the decision to hang the banner boils down to one factor, pride. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stupid. That's what he said. Ooh, I love this post. Mark drops a hammer on Patriots fans at the end. Oh, let's read it. We'll read it. Ready? Uh, oh, you do not need to read it line for line. Much of the finger pointing has come from New England, where Patriots fans, no strangers to blissful seasons, can't fathom why the Colts would magnify a run that ended with hoisting the Lombardi. Without hoisting the Lombardi. Without hoisting the Lombardi. What a great point. And then, bang, a post of the Patriots banner with the 16-0 and regular season record, 2007. Is that still up? That's yes. a permanent thing? Yeah, and that's and that's a thing. I agree it's with all you. these Patriots fans that were and listen, you're celebrating a game where you got jobbed forty five to seven, but suspect, but the Patriots went and somewhat did the same thing. They kinda did. This is your yeah, in house no, PR machine trying to get people. I agree, the sixteen no banner's bad. Finalist I think it's the word finalist, because no one's ever called anyone a finalist. You're the finalist you're the, made up. You're the runner up or you're the loser of that game. I don't even And let's You let, appeared in the game. And not only did you appear in the game, you embarrassed yourself. You got bombed out of the building. It's not <laughs> something that you want to necessarily even remember. They're I, they're too successful a franchise over the last true. 20 years. I feel like this is going the way of the Adam Carolla everybody gets a trophy for participating speech. <laughs> <laughs>
that's what's happening. Uh, all right. So maybe we'll put up some banners around you here. Should. You know, Mark hasn't been able to win that MVP award, but we could put up by his desk. You know, Mark Sessler, MVP award finalist. Right, or like you've at least been a finalist for the podcast, what, or like eighth ranked story of the day, 2040, 2014 Stitcher nomination for best sports pod. We can get that. You know, didn't we lose one recently? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, put it on the cover. Take uh, off the best of iTunes 2006 or whatever we have. <laughs> it's, maybe it's time for that to come down to while we're on the topic. Uh, all right, so Mark, you wrote the piece ranking NFL backfields. From number one to number 32. And uh, why don't we build up, you know, first of all, everyone should read it. I read it cover to cover. I'm not convinced of that. It covers? I don't know. I read it, though. And, you know, it was comprehensive. Mark talked. It wasn't just when Mark sat down in in, in his mother's basement and blogged it out. Mark made some phone calls. I actually listened in on one inadvertently when he was talking to the Vikings running backs coach. And speaking in a broadcasting voice on the phone, uh, it well, was, that is not. I had. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what I'm I'm trying to give a compliment, pay a compliment. Uh, Mark really dug in to figure this list out. So why don't we count down from the back end? It'll be a little fun. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah. You know, throw throw a little curveball right off the bat, and uh, I'll give you 32 through 25. Why not? And uh, we're through 26 because Mark broke it into tiers. Uh, the Buccaneers, wow, Doug Martin has fallen quite a long way from when he was thought of as one of the best young backs in the league. Uh, 31, the Titans, uh, with Bishop Sankey leading the way. 30, Raiders. 29, the Patriots, which is interesting. 28, the Jaguars with TJ Yeldon. Uh, The Cardinals at 27. And the Cowboys, who, of course, led the NFL in rushing last year, got rid of DeMarco Murray and now have Darren McFadden and Joseph Randall leading the way. They come in at 26, so that's the bottom tier of Mark's list. Thoughts, Wes? You got us going. I went back and watched Charles Sims and Doug Martin because I've done posts on both those guys recently. Dirk Cutter, Buccaneers offensive coordinator, basically saved Doug Martin's roster spot, saying that he went back and watched film, and Doug Martin looked like a lot better than he expected him to look. There are, in the last three games, he clears 90 yards in two of them. One, he has a 63-yard line through a gaping chasm in the middle of the field. And another one is missed tackling on a 45-yard run. I know we don't like to do this, but if you take away those two runs, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry over those three games. It's not like he was sustaining an offense or moving chains. He just didn't look that good to me. And Charles Sims looked like a slow C.J. Spiller with no power. So I have no problem ranking them as the worst running back crew in the league. Maybe he looked at Doug Martin's rookie tape. Seriously. Maybe he just thought – this guy w- was this dynamic in the NFL at one point. I can save him. But I, I have no problems putting them 32nd. I, I do argue a little bit with the Cowboys. To me, they're in contention for that worst spot. I, I would probably have them right there at 32, 31. Where? I like Joseph Randall. I, I've been you know vocal about that. But if that's your best option in my mind by far, that's a pretty bad Part of me was field. the cow, and I ha- you have to factor in like what, what the result's going to be. They've got arguably the best line in the in all of football, so these running backs are going to look that. better. Are you judging the running backs or the line? Well, I mean, with in this case, I look at Dallas, and I don't believe the Darren McFadden situation like some do. So you've got a loudmouth and Joseph Randall, who is good, I think, but Ooh. the guy cannot stop talking. And then the rest of the roster, I just I don't look comparing them to the teams above them. It's Dallas let the offensive player of the year walk out the door, and they didn't exactly replace him 
the way that teams like the Eagles and the Saints went out and restocked. You uh, not buying in on Latavius Murray having a breakout season, as mm. uh, a Raiders coach recently said he could be in for a huge year. I found that interesting. Uh, and also at the Patriots, you have your list on the in the piece. You list all the guys in the backfield. For they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they're they're really kind of the, they're throwing the sink kitchen sink and doing that whole thing and hoping one of these guys steps up. Um, maybe it'll be Jonas Gray, but uh, hopefully he. Get, I mean, if Blunt's a nice change of pace guy, Jonas Gray showed something like there's something here potentially where the Patriots can move the ball. Well, one thing with them because I on paper. They they probably belong down here, in terms of the names. But they're they're such a good team in terms of coaching. No namers up that really honestly someone's going to blow up for a two hundred yard game at some point. That someone you suggest in the piece could be Lindsey Lowen. I mean, they could pull anyone <laughs> off the street to do that. But I talked to someone. The faded with young ex- actress. Yeah. Wow. She's getting bigger. She's the strong. The Patriots could get a two hundred yard game out of Lindsey Lowen if need be. <laughs> <laughs> that hap- feels real for Week Eight. Talk to one coach who knew the, the roster Colts. well, and he was like, they are a 25 to 30 squad because they don't have a standout right who now. Who did you yeah. talk to? Well, it was someone who didn't want to give dropper. the name. Position going. I, I think they totally be- belong this low. They would be in contention for the worst backfield, I think, in the entire league, right, with the Cowboys. If you put TJ Yeldon, not that I've seen TJ Yeldon yet, but just a, a good second-round pick if he turns out, or Latavius Murray – or even Bishop Sankey and your boy David Cobb. D- Daniel Jeremiah said, watch out for David Cobb as a potential rookie of the year. Can- if you put those guys on the Patriots, I think they'd be in better Oh, my shape. God. My boy Bernard Pierce is the fifth guy on this list for the Jaguars. This is a terrible Patriots backfield. Um, White is going to be their passing down back? At this point, who knows? I mean, Bolden, Blount. That guy could not have looked more underwhelming in preseason last I agree. And for those of you scoring at home, the Chris Wessling word of the day is chasm which is a deep fissure in the earth, rock, or another surface. I think that's pretty much, I mean, common. It's not like a word that nobody uses. <laughs> I'm sa- I said it was the word of the day. It I'm doesn't gonna... say whether it should have been used or, or anything else. It's just I'm going to use my West translator. He just called you a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is that a word that people use all the time? A, a chasm? Yeah. Chasm is pretty widely. I mean, it's only five letters. It's pretty widely. It's known. out there. You're literally the first person I've ever heard say the word chasm. Really? Yeah. Stop. That's not. That's true. it. Oh. That's not true. That's it. And it is, does not reflect any way on my intelligence that no one's ever said that word before. It's just you know maybe I'm not around high fluting people like you guys. <laughs> it's out there. It's in the lexicon. like a crevasse. Whatever. It's over. <laughs> so I, I've 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 canceled Wes's word of the day. <laughs> because of an angry, unnecessary response. Moving on, number 25 to 21, uh, the Falcons at 25, the Lo- the Lions uh, at 24, the Cleveland Browns at 23, the New York Giants at 22, and the Miami Dolphins at 21. Uh, Mark, Lamar Miller was pretty – I think he had 1,500 total yards last year, but you're not in necessarily on them having a huge ceiling. Now I I moved them up and down also with the kind of offense they run. Some of these I'm going to be dead wrong on, and Miami's one of the ones that are sort of suspect. But part of it is I didn't want to rank rookies very high, and they have a rookie 
Jay Ajayi, is that how you say his name? Like that's he, ba- he basically you can't count on a fifth round pick to make that big of an impact, even though everyone likes him. Well, that's sense. talking to Daniel Jeremiah. He talked him up and felt like he could be the steal of the draft in terms of where he was picked because they were worried about his injuries and stuff. So if he and Miller together and, and, he, and he performs, that they're going to be much better than 21st. But part of it is then you start to say, who do you move these guys above? Right, and that's where I got into trouble. I look, I like the teams ab- above them better than Miami right now. Well, to me, this exercise is not the most productive backfield because then, of course, the Cowboys and the Patriots are going to be way higher. You're just looking at pure talent, and to me, the Dolphins out of this group, if I had to just choose the group of players, might be last. Out of, well, the Fal- really the Falcons too. I mean, I I think the Giants. It's not dynamic, but Rashad Jennings, Andre Williams, Shane Vereen, you got a little bit of everything. I think that's a – Orleans Darkwa. You're cooking with gas there. <laughs> the Browns, I like – I'm buying some of this Duke Johnson hype. That well, was they interesting. You got picked to pick up Thurman Thomas in the third round of the draft. Yeah, that was that was suspect. <laughs> you, you had a coach, uh, a Brown source, rather, tell you that the running back room could be – up into the top one of the ten best groups in the league, and they talked up Duke Johnson a little bit. And I mean, he, he said basically he would be shocked. The source was a male; it was not a female. He would be shocked if they weren't top five in the NFL in rushing attempts. And that that is, seems obvious with what they have through the air, but they have three different types of running backs, so uh, possible top ten seemed a little rich. Your sources? Did you have any female sources? No, they were comprehensively. Male sausage Masculine. party source. Well, there's so, no, there's there's not a lot of team personnel or coach coaches that are female. That's accurate. The one guy in this tier that I'm most intrigued by is Amir Abdullah. Yeah, the mm. Lions rookie who uh, a lot of people I trust think he can be a star. Mm. And I, I think I, DJ is one of them. Yeah, he went off on him. And I think he's in a great spot because Joyke Bell went from essentially a journeyman or a guy who had a, a great story that he even made the NFL to a guy fantasy leaguers for whatever reason are just in love with, oh, this is going to be the guy. He wasn't that physically talented. He was a try-hard guy, and he's coming off serious surgeries. Yeah, they don't think he'll Multiple. be ready Multiple for surgeries. training camp. Yeah. So there's no – if I'm betting on a running back, it's definitely Abdullah in that Joy game. Bell is never the guy you draft in the first three rounds. You can pick up guys like him off the waiver And line. there's already some bad buzz around him about whether the running back coach is worried that he's, whether he'll be in shape when he finally gets to training camp. He's coming off surgeries to his knee and Achilles. Uh, the Falcons, by the way, I wrote a post on Sunday. They haven't had a, a, a running back average 4.0 yards per carry since 2011. So I mean wow. that is like uh, you know really? at least the primary Look back. Look at that yeah. offensive line. Remember the playoff games where they couldn't get fourth and short ever. I mean that that offensive line is. Devonta Freeman team. didn't do much last year. Tevin Coleman will see what happens. I That's, do though with with Shanahan there, it might take more than one season to turn the line around. Plus, but they he's always had productive running backs. I think they'll be productive. I don't think that's necessarily that talented of Mm-mm. a group. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that. That's that. That's why someone's got to give Jaquiz Rogers a chance. I know he does have a job now, he's, but I always thought he was a little better than people thought. He's part of the problem. Well, you just said the line was so bad that no one could run. Right, through. but Steven Jackson's putting up a higher average than Quiz. <laughs> Name me. Uh, here's a win, Wes's toaster. The Atlanta Falcons running back in the last ten years or six years that led the league in yards per carry. Well, there's a couple actually. Now that I think of it, up the top. Michael Turner. Jarius Norwood. Remember old Jarius? Uh, 
How many carries? That just Norbaum. That just brought the high show cut. to a screeching halt. High cut, but quite, a, quite a chasm you've created for the show, <laughs> Greg. Uh, moving on, number 20, the New York Jets. Number 19, the Rams. Number 18, the Panthers. Number 17, the 49ers. Number 16, the Ravens. Uh, 49ers seem high to me, Mark. It feels like the Reggie Bush hype train rolled into Sessler Corner. I think it's much more about Hyde. I, I think that Hyde, with Gore out the door, I mean, he's going to be given a big chance to do his thing, and I – I went back and watched him, and you know he he didn't have not all of his games were shining last season, but he had some moments that made me think that they uh, could use him quite a bit. And I, Reggie Bush is not the reason I would put them up at 17, but he's not a bad asset. He, he had a couple games last year when he was healthy where I thought he looked good. That's a solid group. If Kendall Hunter gives him anything too, that's a good number three. Bush is a good number two if he's really the number two. We'll see about Hyde. I I, I liked that you uh you know. Weren't too biased. You have the Jets. I would Motley have, Crew ahead of yeah. uh, your Browns. That poop, that yeah. Jets poo poo platter. I'd have down in the next tier under under <laughs> a few teams. Well, as Mark remarks, I agree that they ranked third in rushing last year. They got rid of Chris Johnson wisely. Bring in Ridley. If Ridley comes back and he's healthy and he's the Ridley that he was before the knee injury, that's a really good backfield in my opinion. I think Chris they're Ivory. All, they're all ifs in this backfield. I don't know. Chris Ivory for two years now has been a guy that. Never had over 200 carries in a season. He fumbles a lot and he gets injured a lot. Well, part of I it think is you've got to get the Jets. Credit for. You got to get the Jets up high just to get Dan on board. <laughs> and putting him <laughs> at a, number it's 20. A, it's a good place to. Well, it's a, you can't go any higher. I think they should be higher. Personally. In fairness to Way Bilal low. Powell, he is not an if. He is one of the most steady, uh, consistent <laughs> Bilal Powells in the league. He's not very exciting. <laughs> But he, you know what you're getting. The Jets getting. are going to give him like a new contract every five years for the next 40 years. They love him so much. I, I, I hate to be, you know, naturally we're picking this apart, but it, you did a great job with the list. One team that really intrigues me that I'd probably put a little higher just on potential, and I know you didn't want to overrate the rookies, Gurley and Trey Mason. Yeah. If I'm just ranking watchable backfields or the, the backfields I want to watch this year, that that is in the top five for me. I love Trey Mason. And Todd Gurley, I'm just intrigued to see what he's all about. I think it was I really tried to not overdo it with any rookie, and he's not healthy yet. But that said, they could be 10 spots higher by the time this what, season ends. What did your uh, male sources say about Panthers running back Cameron Artis Payne? I uh, didn't get a lot of feet. I found out that if your name is not Adam Schefter, that when you email 32 NFL teams, they aren't <laughs> breaking down the doors to talk to someone they've never heard of. You got some good. You got some good stuff. Yeah, I was. I didn't hear anything about uh, Cameron Artis Payne. The though. kid out of Auburn. A... Yeah, Pretty actually, good. you know what? DJ, I believe I remember on move this. Either him or Bucky liked Cameron Artis Payne. Mm. Yeah, for what so it's worth. Cap. You did. <laughs> I feel like the Panthers ranking. You would have had them higher, but Jonathan Stewart's injury history was a factor. If he if he plays all sixteen games and you factor into some degree what Cam Newton does on the ground, yes. Does that count in this list? I with well, the, with the quarterback, it didn't does? hurt them. It is not going to. It's it, to me. For really, the issue was that Stewart. I feel like I've written seven thousand posts on NFL.com about foot and lower leg issues when he was healthy last season. He was a fireball. He was great, but can he's missed twenty games in three years. Ray, Ravens is the one that sticks out to me. I, I if I was a GM, I'm not excited about. Forsett, Taliaferro, Allen. I think they could be productive again, but Forsett's your boy. I I love I love him as a player, but if you're just talking from scratch, is he a better than average NFL starting running back? Just scheme independent. You know, they they not managed, before last year. Not before last. I mean, he was a guy who's a good guy to have, and then you go after him, Taliaferro. 
Fitzgerald Toussaint <laughs> makes your uh, little list here of running backs. I don't even know Fitzgerald. I, I couldn't that. spell half of those. What names a great name, without... Fitzgerald Toussaint. Very literary. <laughs> Next tier, number fifteen, the Washington Redskins. Fourteen, the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Number thirteen, the Denver Broncos. Uh, Twelve, the Chargers, and eleven, the Colts. The Colts. Mm. Now we're starting to get to the groups. Now it's getting juicy. Look at Mark. Kind of when, when Mark puts the team, well, whoever he puts at eleven, they should see that as a shot because Mark said <laughs> they're not top ten material to me. Yeah, Frank Gore, high. the inconvenient truth. They look high to me at, at eleven. I feel like that's a back full, backfield full of question marks. Um, Frank Gore, I don't think at his age is one of the best backs in the league anymore. This tier, especially, oh, I struggled because it was. <laughs> I I've heard from Stay some strong, people Mark. from Chicago that were not excited about yeah the Bears being there. And part of me is this: like with Matt Forte, it's not a shot on Matt Forte. Part of it is depth, and I look at the rest of that group. Carey was very unimpressive last season. I thought Langford's, from what I've read, I haven't watched a lot of tape of the guy, but he's just a he's a jag. And so you got Jaquez Rogers. So what happens if Forte can't go wire to wire? I mean, they, they've used him so much. If he plays the whole way, fine. They were 27th in rushing last season with him going the full way. Those are all excellent points. I You're right that they've struggled running. Forte is a backfield, though, unto himself. Yeah, he is. I and mean, he, and, he and, get, and he's a, he caught he got a hundred passes. He broke the NFL record, so it's not a shot at Forte. But there's no way I was I didn't see them as top ten. A lot of people going to mm. disagree. Also, uh, went to uh, Tulane University. I don't mm. know if you guys heard about that. Who went there? <laughs> Matt Forte, oh. great guy. Redskins, <laughs> Redskins could be good. People are talking up Matt Jones, and so that's a nice one-two combination. With Alfred a, Morris, I would have them a little higher. I have a question about that. When you say that Alfred Morris is a strong fit for Bill Callahan's manpower scheme is that something um that one of your sources said or no uh that was done through some research and but what i also found was that they're not married to just using that blocking scheme that they're going to also continue with the zone and i do think he was good in zone too he's a one cut runner that's yeah that's why i question it because he was drafted for the zone and that's all he's ever played in Mm. i know he's a power back but that doesn't always mean you do well in a power scheme i i love that's a bit of a question mark well, that's fair. I love Callahan, and the, and I like hearing that they're not going to just go down one road with that. So he's also – I think he's not the only guy. I do think that it sounds like uh, Jones is going to definitely threaten for some playing. The Chargers did a good job, the Melvin uh, Gordon move, because uh, it solidifies – it makes it look a lot better because it went from a bunch of like guys you, you're not sure about to now it's a nice backfield. You got Gordon, Brandon Oliver, Danny Woodhead, damn it, Donald is there. <laughs> There's some guys that can run the football there. Maybe they'll do a better job with it this year. I really like Oliver, and they absolutely needed to fill the Matthews void. And, you know, Gordon, we don't know, but the early reports are very good on him. And Woodhead's a mismatch in the passing game mm-hmm. when he plays. All right, move into the top ten. This is Harold ground. There's a chasm between 11 and 10. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the Texans, number 10. The Packers, number 9. The Chiefs, 8. The Bills, seven, and number six, another shot missing the top five. <laughs> not a shot. The Bungles. <laughs> Why do you got to pick on the Bengals? Yeah, they should have been in the top five here. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't get them in there, but I thought they'd, they'd 
and I, and Wesleyan was a big influence on me moving them up to six from where I had Didn't them. Did you initially. read uh, Wes's love letter to Jeremy Hill last week? Well, <laughs> did you read Mark's piece because he calls Wes's piece brilliant? Well, it was. It was a good read, but I you think know what that, that they, word means. <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> Part of it is Bernard, Matt, you know, matched with Hill. I think that they can do a lot, and they they're going to run the ball probably even more than they did last year. And I'm I'm just joking around here. I actually I think I would have them even a little bit higher. Not much. I mean, they're because in the top five. You have Hill, which, as Wes mentioned in his chasm piece, that <laughs> this guy is ready to break out. Nobody was better in the second half in terms of uh, yards per carry. And I think yards overall, right? Rushing yards. Yeah. And then Bernard is maybe the best receiver there is out there. And and to that point, by the way, Wes, when you read when you read that piece that you wrote, the brilliant piece, it, again, it starts to feel like mm, you yep. might be coming back. He's coming back to the coming around guys. again. <laughs> hey, the are we? Where are we right now? With uh, where are we right now? Well, I think because uh, Wes, uh, just for any new listeners, just to set it up, Wes left the team. He was so disgusted in the '90s. He no longer follows the Bengals. But it seems like. As Carly Simon once said, you might be coming around again. Well, look, this is like an ex-wife, and it's been 20 years almost. It's not a good idea to hop back in bed with your ex-wife. But, you know, feelings you had buried and are, and are latent sometimes resurface. Don't know what that word means. If so. you allow them to resurface. Yeah. And I think the Ohio River offense piece allowed me to get back in touch with some feelings I still had about their 1980s teams and 1970s You're, how about the the idea that the Bengals, when you quit them, it was you know a partner that let herself go a little bit. Now she's looking tight and looking really good, and all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, that's wow. the woman I fell in love with." I, th- I think that's, that's that's valid. So you're what mm. you're saying, you could wake up, you know, after a long night out, hazy, kind of coming to, and metaphorically, Andy Dalton's right in bed next. <laughs> Or at least Better one part. text away, one late night text think away. Andy ba- Andy Dalton is a bit of a two bagger. Some <laughs> wow, some <laughs> of the great dramas end with that couple that's been a, apart for so long. Kids are all upset. Well, Mom and I, dad get back together at the end. I think this works on. I mean, in my life, I've seen girlfriends who have really made themselves more attractive, and the feelings happen. You know, the Bengals. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Jeremy Hill. That's a fun guy to root on. He's little, hot. Little Gio Bernard. AJ, hot player. Right AJ now. Green, Marvin Jones. You loved her for a reason, you know? Those those feelings can resurface. I'm not saying they're there, but uh, it's more about the 70s and 80s Bengals. You almost wish they kept Carson Palmer. No. Okay. That's not sweetening the deal. I Yeah, I have a theory that Andy Dalton's the only thing now standing in the way. If they ever were to swap him out and get something, somebody exciting. It's over. Wes is coming around again. I, I know, there. by the way, there's only great uh, teams ahead of these teams on the rankings. But but Jamal Charles just continues to be the most overlooked guy yes, in the NFL. One great. of the best players in the NFL the last five years, and he's got a great backup in Niall Davis. And old Sessler just dropping him. 1,500. I think well, he had, he's uh, very consistent. 1,400 total yards last year. I think he had uh, 13 touchdowns in 14 games or 14 and 15 games, something like that. He wasn't as good. He, I think, had 2,000 total yards well, the year before. He'd be higher on a, on a ranking of running backs but Niall Davis, I think, is like Davis. a great little I just, backup, I, the, big backup. The rest of the list and the way they use – well, the, I just like the rest of the list. And it's, it's strong. Part right. of it is, you know, you're going to swing on missing some of these. Jamal Charles, 5.5 5 yards per carry in his career. Jim Brown, 5.2. 
Jamal, yeah. Jamal Charles is one of those sneaky guys. If he had a good run here the rest of the way, he's someone that will get some conversation for I w- Hall of Fame that no one would think of Jamal Charles. What seems to be hanging in the air here, Mark, is like this <laughs> was a missed opportunity to give Jamal Charles the respect he deserves. That's all. I do respect him, and uh, you know I'm not a barbecue person, and it's a good thing because I'm not going to be going to Kansas City anytime soon <laughs> based on the feedback I've gotten of where I placed him. So. I like that you have the Bengals over the Bills. This was something that I'm sure you've gotten some feedback on this on Twitter. I asked Evan Silva of Roto World last week, would you rather have LaShawn McCoy right now or Jeremy Hill for the same salary? Mm. And a lot of people responded to that and said, why would anyone take LaShawn McCoy? You know, he's only two years removed from leading the NFL in rushing. But I, I think Jeremy Hill's a better runner than McCoy, and I think McCoy wasn't quite last year what we're used to him being. Hmm. Bold. I agree. I like I like Bengals that high. Bills, Fred Jackson, I mean, I love me some Fred Jackson, but one of these years it's got to end. Yeah. Well, and part of with the Bengals is Hugh Jackson. Yeah. And I'll say number, number 10, the, the Texans – Arian Foster, you know, again, he didn't play the whole season last year. That's going to be a bad quarterback group. There's going to be – that box is going to be stacked, I think, against him. That's going to be tough. And if he goes down, are you getting excited about Alfred Blue? You're my boy, Blue! Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> how excited are you going to get about that? I don't know. So I, I would think maybe they would have been out of the top ten. But so far, I love your list. Also – Well, not everyone does. Everyone I've talked to thinks they should be top five, whether they're Who, in the Tampa Texan? Bay or Tennessee or – well, just, you know – the fans. Oh, you don't like the feedback you're getting. Oh, I know. I care, I care less. I'm, Bla- I'm breaking out of that block. You nice, know, boom. That may have to come. Nice pull on the Carly Simon drop. Oh, she you. was quite the vixen in the 70s. She yes. did have. I've never heard that song. What? That well, I, popular song? Not well. Yes. It was like a mid-80s hit. My my mother is a huge Carly Simon fan, and I grew up with that her greatest hit CD on loop, so I know every single mm. notable Simon what single. What was the Nora Ephron movie? That, that, wasn't that... <laughs> Song like the theme song of that movie with Jack Nicholson and uh, oh, as good as it gets. Something Heat, Body Heat. Right. <laughs> body Heat is not no, a Nora Ephron movie. Yeah, no uh, heartburn. No cool conversation heartburn. ever has started with the phrase. What was that Nora Ephron movie <laughs> yeah. that? <laughs> it was called Heartburn, I think it was. Yeah, because um, it came out in 1986, and uh, Carly Simon's Coming Around Again came out in 1986. Yep, that was the movie. Boom. Jack, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. I Heart feel burned. so stupid for I've never heard of uh, that song. Director's Cut, Working Girl. And that and that concludes pop culture memories from Chris Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the top five. Here we go. This is where Mark makes his money, his incredible salary. Starting with number five, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number five with, of course, the dynamic Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo uh, Williams behind him, and Dre Archer in the mix. Number four, the Nolan Saints with Mark Ingram, C.J. Spiller, Kyrie Robinson. And number three, the Minnesota Vikings with Adrian Peterson, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Asiata. Right. Let me, I, let me just say something about the, the Vikes. Peterson's back. And, we, you know, and you just, Wes, you brought it up, so it's a good way to get into it. Evan Silva, who's a guy that we respect over at Roto World, knows his stuff. Uh, however, you know, everyone seems to think that LaShawn McCoy is in decline because he wasn't as good last year. He dropped a yard a carry uh, in his average, uh, but AP dropped a yard and a half two years ago. He's four years older. He has uh, 600 fewer carries. This is like the third time you've met this I, the podcast. But I just don't understand why because everyone thinks McCoy best. is going downhill Peterson's when nobody the thinks the same thing about Peterson. Generation. Yes, he is, but he's also 30 I, years old. I don't old. ever compare LaShawn McCoy to him. I think they're held to different standards. 
I'm just saying, Peterson, when you get down to it, he's 30. He's been out of football for a year, essentially. He's also a freak. The last, Yes, the last year he did play, he was a significantly lesser version than the guy that went nuts in 2012. So to assume that he's still that guy... I am going I to know. assume it, despite your protest- protestations. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think he was significantly worse last time around either. The factors around him were worse, and he was a little worse, but I think he had, he was still the best running back in the NFL. I mean, he's not coming off an injury. He's coming off not being around, but he's kept in shape. Everyone that's been around him said he looks like the same guy. So part of me is like, I'll be, I'm fine being late on the Adrian Peterson train on, on de- announcing his decline until it happens because he is seems hell-bent on proving everyone wrong. Well, I think he's the best player. He's arguably the best player in the NFL over the last 10 years in terms of being right. at just the best at his position. Since I've been working, just covering football, he's right there with the guys sure. that you think have a chance in 20 years that we'll be talking about as one of, you know, when they make those lists, the top 10 players everywhere. Like he might be on it if he has a good rest. Perhaps my point is more. So he, you it, just feel like he can do anything. Sure, and I, I'm not necessarily doubting Peterson. I'm more saying that I feel like people have been a little quick to jump to saying that LaShawn McCoy okay. is in decline. That's fair. And I was citing Peterson's own drop in stats. But, I yeah, I think he proved that Peterson, when he went nuts in 2012, proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's great again. But I don't know. I don't have a problem with putting them third. You got Jarek McKinnon behind them. You've got two good backfields. We won't spoil them coming up. I was really surprised, and I know I could have voiced my opinion to you earlier. You gave me the option yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. But I just thought this should be Mark's list. You don't need my input. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Saints, number four. Uh, just uh, talk about that. Well, this is this reminds me a little bit with some of the other teams where it's if Ingram stays healthy all season – and he plays the way he did last year, and you pair him with what Sean Payton is going to do with C.J. Spiller, with what he's proven he can do with C.J. Spiller-type guys. But Spiller is better than all those guys, I think, mm. if he's if he also stays healthy. I this think- is a dynamic backfield, and I, I, I can't wait to see what New Orleans uh, – their whole scheme is going to change. We talked about that. I think they should be in the conversation for number one backfield wow. in the NFL. I thought having them number four was really bold. That's it's why boomer I, bust. It's a boomer bust. That's boy. why I didn't honestly want to give you what I thought because right. then I would have just watered it down and say, well, you know, that seems bold. It's good to be, it's good to be bold. You believe in the Saints' backfield? Believing in the Saints, that that hasn't Spiller is, that has never gone wrong for you or Wes. Spiller is <laughs> never. <laughs> Spiller has the guy calling plays for him and scheming, who is the perfect complement for his his skill set, and also the perfect like guy complement in their tandem. Mark Ingram and C.J. Spiller are two different styles of backs, and and they work really well together. I think they will. All yeah. jokes aside, how many other backfields here have a uh, former making a leap candidate as the number three back? Kyrie Robinson, who I I really like as a player. Is that good or bad? It's, <laughs> that, a, it's a little a of both. It's a little of both. But I, I we like got Kyrie another one Robinson. coming up that okay. we haven't talked okay. about yet. Uh, any other thoughts on the uh, five through three? Steelers, uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's just all Le'Veon Bell. That's how high it, you that, regard him. That is, and I and I like Le'Veon better better than Jamal Charles or Lashawn McCoy or Jeremy Hill. I have no problem with it. It's one guy that like when I went back to watch. You know, collection of his of his games, I don't even think last season it, it quite caught me how special he is. And when I talked to his former coach as well, he just said this guy will be that player that we're talking about for another 10 years. So I buy into him big time, and I think what he did last season was outstanding, and they'll only get better. Actually, we should give you some uh, credit here, talking to Vikings running backs coach Kirby Wilson. Broke a little news in terms of Wilson backing off 
Peterson in terms of his workload, name-checked Mark Sessler on uh, NFL Total Access for this. This is the rhythm of the night. (laughs) Well, and if I had cable television, I would have seen that. Intrepid reporter. This really is your week. Your secret man sources are stepping up. It's obviously going to be countered with a destructive, terrible week next week. It's got to balance (laughs) up. We have the MVP award up here for the podcast, but there is another type of MVP award uh, at the company. How mad would you guys be if Sessler got his second one? Uh, I'd be out of here. I would lose. I would. <laughs> Wes yeah, would handle it fine. I would lose Dan as a friend. I'm so. gone. <laughs> I'm history. Have they have an MVP award? Mark's already won it once. <laughs> I, I don't think that any of us are getting. He's got a coin. I would have to give it to Dan immediately just to save. You what know, is, I'm friends with his whole family. What his is wife, this, his uh, child. Win Wes's toaster. You can just make up rules and pass things. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make up. Oh, yeah. Hey, here's the toaster, Wes. You won it. But wait, your last thing was a lot. Quit ducking me, and then we wouldn't have to do it that way. Oh, I like that. Drama. One day. Disturbing. Don King will get them together. Number two on this list. The 12s aren't going to be happy because they thought they had this locked up. (laughs) The Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) Always the bridesmaid. Number two. Just like the bridesmaid in Arizona at the Super Bowl when they blew it. Because they didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch. And yet Mark says they're not number one. They're number two on this list. Nothing to be ashamed of. Robert Turbin also on that team. Uh, Former Making the Leap candidate Christine Michael. Mm. Still not over that name. Rod Smith, who was a great wide receiver for the Broncos uh, before Y2K. I mean, this is a nice little group. (laughs) If the Seahawks don't trust Christine Michael enough to put him on the field, why should you trust him enough to rank him number one on your list? Uh, Part of it is, well – Listen, they are – Marshawn Lynch is unstoppable, but Michael – I went and wrote a gigantic piece on him last summer, and he did me wrong. So I'm yeah. not going to believe a word of it until I see it. You're right. What if the Seahawks, taking a page out of the Colts book, puts up uh, finalist Mark Sessler's running back rankings this year? Oh, they uh, – they, Seattle. Finalist. It's been a long time since Seattle's had anything nice said about them, so they're going <laughs> to need to go down that road. I could see Richard Sherman going after you about this. I that ever you know got on his radar. It Lock. seems like the the twelve <laughs> Sherman the twelves will hand take this one in stride and they'll accept. Well, they the should. Second they place. Okay. Hey, by the way, they should be happy. There's a much stronger case for moving them down below the Vikings, who have Adrian Peterson on the list. Uh, I think the Steelers, if you just want to make a case for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean Bengals. Bengals are deep. You know, Marshawn Lynch is a brilliant running back, but also spent like twelve percent of last season on an exercise bike for some reason. You got to also large swaths in. of the season. Well, yeah, why is he never re- he's never ready for the beginning? Who of the knows season. what's going to happen? <laughs> There's more to the story. I did factor in Russell Wilson too. I mean, only 15 running backs had more yards than him. Mm. I mean, he's part of that. Does that count? Attack. I didn't know that counted. Listen, we I'd... have to redo the entire list. Let's start at 32, factoring uh, quarterbacks. Here we go. All right, and now the number one backfield. If you haven't figured it out, I'm sorry, you're stupid. The Eagles. With DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles. Sproles! Kenjin Barner, and Matthew Tuckerman. It's a major award. How about that? Congratulations to the uh, Eagles. Mark, why are they the number one backfield in all of the National Football League? Well, it starts with Matthew Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I look at number one, Chip Kelly. (laughs) Everyone was ridiculing Chip Kelly when the whole free agency thing happened and Gore walked out of the building. Chip Kelly's losing it. He's probably going to be back at Oregon two years from now. 
But instead, you wind up with the best running back from last season and the offensive player of the year, and Ryan Matthews, who is easily the best number two back of anyone on this list, mm. and will see a ton of work, I think, this season. And then you got Darren Sproles, which is c- sort of easily like easily had- the best number three back on this. Yeah, I don't. I, this wasn't really that hard for me. Uh, it's a great backfield. Is there a little concern in terms of like it's a kind of a chemistry experiment too? Like, how do you use these guys? How do you put them together? Do you, you know, give Ryan Matthews a quarter? Like, how does this? How is this going to work? You know, it is interesting. Is when I talked to Daniel Jeremiah, one thing he said that the Big why number. this would work for Philly versus another team is that their high their offense is so fast paced. It isn't just Ryan Matthews coming out for the occasional carry. It's you could do a full series with Ryan Matthews and a full series with Murray. Which running backs, if they're not going to be willing to team that way, that could become a problem. But it's not just uh, Ryan Matthews getting the occasional. Attempt. It's well, going to get let them get in the flow. That makes a lot of sense because you know when they're playing hurry up, when they're at their best, they're not making substitutions. I do wonder if Matthews can be a quality guy on passing downs. That mm. yeah. necessarily hasn't been his strength throughout his career, but that makes a lot of sense. And, and this is a team that has more plays and runs to play with. Are they going to need right. him on passing? I mean, well, if he's, on the, he's on, if he's on the field Murray. for the whole for the whole series, he's on the field for passing downs is what I'm thinking. They're going to run the ball a lot. Yes, they are. For sure. Everyone and said that about Chip Kelly when he came to the NFL. He's not really all about the past, and he's he's showing it. And I think if you're worried about their chemistry, I thought Ryan Matthews had some good comments last week, and he was talking up DeMarco Murray, saying, guy led the league in rushing. He deserves those helicopters. He deserves the praise. The helicopters were, you know, swirling overhead when he was, you know, when the Eagles were recruiting him and he came in to sign. And, and Matthews said he deserves all that, you know. We all buy into this system, and, and we'll be fine together. All right, that's it. That is Mark's top 32 backfields in order. Congratulations, Eagles. You don't have any Super Bowls, but you got this. Congratulations <laughs> to Mark. What a performance. Great all job. Right. Great work. Well, it was fun to do. Thank you for chatting about it. <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh, before before we get out of here, uh, if you are an L.A. listener and you're looking for something to do on Tuesday night, please check out the premiere of a movie. It's called Flock of Dudes. Uh, it's playing at the L.A. Film Fest right now, directed by a good friend of the show and a long, long-time friend of mine, Bob Castrone. Uh, tickets.lafilmfest.com and search Flock of Dudes. That's the world premiere of the movie. It's very funny. Great comedy. Mark, you and I uh, checked out one of the screenings earlier this year, didn't we? It was great. I mean, I it was. I didn't know what would happen or what will happen with it. I think big things, but it's the kind of thing that has kind of a... It's, People are going to be watching it like a cult-type comedy for a long time. It's well-acted. Jason Zumwalt, our other friend, the listener of the show, yes, was a writer. There is a character lo- loosely based on Dan Hansis. Is that right? A little bit. I was involved with this project way back when, a little bit, so I do have a connection to it as well. But please go see the movie. Oh, plus your uh, lovely wife worked the cast on it. Emily, uh, my lovely sweet wife, was the casting director. So, yes, it is a bit of a... Uh, uh, a passion project for uh, my circle of friends. So check it out. Tickets.lafilmfest.com. Search Flock of Dudes, Tuesday, 10 p.m. All right. That's it. Dan Hansis signing off for the great, I mean, studly Mark Sessler. The, they call him Quiet Storm and Big Delivery. Didn't leave a lot of meat on that bone today with that article. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Use uh, Joseph Randall's words. Not such a quiet storm in today's show. And, of course, the mailman, the boss, more great work by Sully behind the glass and of course the Irishman Brandon McGinnis thank you for listening till Wednesday you go into your shower feeling 
tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 